Ah, hey, Islanders, you're listening to Breakfast on the Bridge, the featured morning show of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, bringing you a smoldering serving of local sports, news, and talk on the island. Grab a plate, grab your cutlery, and enjoy the show. Good morning, Mercer Island. You're, you're listening to 88.9 The Bridge, the fourth installment of the Breakfast on the Bridge no, morning. Fifth. Sure. This is our fifth. Fifth okay. week. All right. Fifth week, our fifth installment. Five going strong. Going strong. Guns. We are just so pumped to be here. So, it's early in the morning, but I have a lot of energy. Nobody knows where this energy is coming from. Maybe the one granola bar I ate. No, that one granola bar. I didn't have a granola bar. That's why Marco is slower, <laughs> and I'm like, let's get pumped. It's early morning. We have a bunch of good stuff for you today. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'll, I'll, I'm going to rise to the to the to that level of excitement in a matter of seconds. <laughs> just I'm just slowly building up all that energy. But as of right now, we're here sitting live talking to you from KMIH Mercer Island. So tell me what's up, Molly. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for you today. We have, of us. course, us. Yeah, us. We all we have a bunch. Yes. So we have, we have lots of trivia questions. We have stuff about Netflix. We have about award shows, and then we have a very special interview. We won't tell you who it's with yet, but it's gonna be. You're gonna have to stay tuned. Very to find out. special. <laughs> the best one we've had so far. Every time, just keeps getting better. It just better. keeps getting better. Next, next we'll have Jeff Bezos on here, and then. Who's better than Jeff Bezos? Uh, any decent human being in the world. <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce is going to be here next next week. Get pumped. Get ready. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes. So for Marco, Marco and I were talking a little bit earlier, earlier, and Marco said he was a animal trivia master. I never said master. I was just like, I know more about animal trivia than I would say about car trivia. Or just any other sort of trivia and stuff. I'm pretty clean with it what, in terms what, of animal. What is car trivia? How can how can you have car trivia? I'm sure there's car trivia somewhere out there. There definitely the is. Okay, yeah. I have some questions for you, Marco. What's is up? your pl- proclaimed proclaimed awesome? Okay, what ma- which mammal is known to have the most powerful bite in the world? Hippo. Correct. See? What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? Those things can crush a watermelon in a matter of seconds. I've seen that. Yeah. I do not want to be... I don't want my head near that. No. No, thank you. And it's funny because, like, people will be like, oh, my God, hippos are so cute. But if you encounter one in, like, the wild or something, like, if you manage to get out of that, like, props to you. Like, I'd start climbing trees. I'd start... Don't run. Climb the tree because... Imagine... No, because hippos can travel up to, like... Yeah, crazy like, amounts of speed. Yeah, imagine just like turning around and you see a hippo running after you and then you try to climb oh, up a tree just and jokes on you, the hippo starts climbing up the tree <laughs> after you. I, well, wouldn't, I don't even want to I like, wouldn't even be surprised if, if a hippo started climbing up a tree after me. It just seemed like such like... You know what? I would be surprised. On, in Washington, Mercer Island, I'd be very shocked to oh, see a Mercer hippo Island. and one that climbs up a tree. In general, a hippo in Mercer Island would 
definitely be something. It would. It would be something. It's like the, the cougar that got released. Yeah, and I, I heard that they solved the cougar problem. Did we, did we ever? Did we ever figure out how the cougar got on the island? Probably just walked over from Seattle or Bellevue because, like, how else would it? It couldn't have just naturally spawned into Mercer it, Island. It, it, it hitchhiked. Hey, buddies, I'm the cougar going to <laughs> Mercer Island. I was just imagining like you're going on the I-90 bridge towards Mercer Island. You just see a cougar like crossing the street. You're like, all right, so be it, man. Do what you want. Like that's exactly what my like yeah. how I would feel about it. How are these animals? Because we have the we had the cougar. Now we have the coyotes. It's we, all sorts of stuff. A huge amount of deer. I know deer swim over. Yeah. Oh, they do. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, I felt I felt if any animals, they just naturally spawn in, like they similar just, to like squirrels and raccoons and stuff. They just spawn. There's there's no possible way that they <laughs> couldn't have gotten to the island over. They definitely just appeared. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't know how they came, but uh, I'm. I'm happy that they're here. Yeah. That. That not being said, for the cougars or uh, coyotes, I'm not that happy that they. <laughs> yeah. Came, but please don't. Please don't eat our dogs. Yeah, they're not here anymore, which is good. <laughs> okay, I have a next one. It's gonna be a little bit harder. How right. long is an elephant pregnant for before it gives birth? Okay, I don't know this one. Okay. I so normally. Humans, it takes about nine months ish. I feel like theirs could be around two years. Two okay. years of t- torture. Two years of torture. Yes. Well, I feel like that's pretty close. It's twenty-two months. I was. So I wasn't that al- far. That's almost off. two years. Yeah. I'm that's, just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there that's you go. That's a lot. The, <laughs> the poor elephants. Oh, God. Imagine. Imagine having to keep a child in your belly for twenty-two that'd months. That'd just be. That'd be rough. Just like. <laughs> I that'd be rough. Have I, I don't I don't know why I don't see I, I don't see much elephants, but I don't think I've ever seen one pregnant. I mean, if you go to the zoo, I'm sure you'll see some sort of. Do they have like, ginormous pregnancy bellies? Oh, um, I don't know if actually that's something worth searching up for in terms of like <laughs> wanting to shield your eyes from that image, but. I'm sure they would. Like elephants are pretty massive. Like I'm sure them as like babies won't be that much different. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah, baby elephants are big enough, and then they grow humongous. Well, I mean, I feel like if uh, baby elephants were to like actually like you know like get birthed or whatever, like I feel like they get wouldn't be birthed. that big. They wouldn't be like ginormous. They'd be like a size of just a really like big dog or something like that, right? I think, I mean, yeah, I think they're, like, a big, big dog. But they're probably <laughs> way heavier because I feel like they have, like, a heavy bone mass. Oh, and by the way, you guys are listening to KMH, Mercer Island, only on 89 The Bridge. If you didn't know, you shouldn't know because we have lots of fans, but... Oh, yeah. And if you guys feel like uh, you guys want to text us, call us, tell us what you want to know about baby elephants or any sort of animal <laughs> fact <laughs> or just us, anything for that matter. Tell us your hippopotamus facts, please. Uh, text us at 206-275-9104. And we'll gladly, gladly talk. Okay. Marco, I have one more question for you. All right. And then we got to switch to our next switch to our next exciting segment. segment. Okay. Yes. Why are flamingos pink? Oh, isn't it um, because of, like, in order to, like, attract different females, right? Absolutely not. Not even close. Because isn't it like whichever male has like the more brighter colors, like that's more... for that's for most birds. That's for, you're you're right for most <laughs> birds. That's like ducks. That's like other things. But flamingos are pink because of their diet of a- algae. Oh, and shrimp and shrimp. And shrimp. That's right. And crustaceans. Right. Yeah, I don't believe that. Like 
You eat so much of one food, you just straight up switch colors because of it. I'm That's gonna, shocking to me. What happens if we just like eat a bunch of bunch of carrots? Are we just gonna turn orange? I mean, over time, if that's literally the only thing we're eating, I like, I I guess that's kind of scary. I guess we are. That's if that's really how the world works. I'm so like just following along with the it. flamingo. Start out as white. No, no, because they no, 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 no. I <laughs> no, I can't believe it. Here, no. here, here. We uh, we guys got some um, minute in fashion brought to you by Karis, and we'll be right back after the break. Good morning. This is Karis, and I'm here to relieve the stress of how to dress. Today is International Women's Day, and Mercer Island High School is celebrating by wearing purple to school. I'm going to Texas Christian University next year, so I know a thing or two about purple. Wear any purple you own, including mixing shades of purple. If you're not sure what to pair purple with, then choose any neutral colors like white, black, or gray. If you're wanting a fun and bold outfit, then wear purple with green. For girls, one empowering outfit is wearing a purple sweater with a black skirt and throwing on a pair of black knee-high boots. Another option is adding on an oversized blazer for a more professional look. And that's how to dress to impress. Happy International Women's Day and keep listening to Breakfast on the Bridge. Keep on listening to Breakfast on the Bridge. That was a minute in fashion. You guys are listening to 88.9 The Bridge. Upcoming, we got a special newscast. Or, never mind. Um, we do, we do. We do? Yes, we do. We have a newscast with Sophie Prock coming up. Okay, well, that'll have to hold on for a little bit. But So, what what did you think about the thing that... Um, Karis has been in fashion. Is, yes, so as she said... It's getting better and better every week, in my opinion. Um, as, yeah, as she said, it is International Women's Day. Go women. And exactly. We are wearing purple at the high school. Are you wearing purple today, Marco? It's it's some sort of um, some sort of. I guess you could say it's purple if it's, you're like severely it's, it's colorblind. It's, it's, it's blue, but I'm wearing like maroon. Does maroon count as purple? Uh, if you're also severely colorblind as well, we're getting a collar. All right. Hello, you're listening to eighty nine the bridge, men in fashion. Hello. Yes. Hello? My name is Brenda, and I'm from Florida. I just want to say that I want to give you my minute in fashion being from Florida and y'all. Can I do that? Oh, go for it. Go for it. Well, since today is purple out, in you know, it, it's down here in Florida. It's 85 degrees, so I was eating my fish tacos when I was listening, and I didn't know it was purple out. So I, I think today, since it's really warm for purple out, I'm wearing a purple skirt. With a purple um, tank top. Awesome. Wow. But not Nike. I don't like Nike. Nike supports the Oregon Ducks, and that's the one team I cannot stand. Wow, Brenda. They Thank you. Ugliest green and yellow on planet Earth. So, anyway, I was calling in with my dog, and I just want to say that, you know, I love, I love 88.9 The Bridge um, so much. You know, my son, Jonathan, he's actually in the program right now. Um, <laughs> And anyway, I listen as much as possible, and I absolutely love your morning show. Thank um, you, thank you. We appreciate all the Marco, support. Yeah, and Marco, you're, you're the funny one. I mean, no offense to you, Molly, Brenda, but Marco's the real funny one. Brenda, you're hurting my feelings here. I'm sorry, Molly. I, I you know, I, I thought the elephant thing was was pretty funny, but I was um, uh, a little disturbed. 
But um, because I've actually seen a pregnant elephant, you know, I used to ride elephants down here in Florida. <laughs> they have a, they have an elephant racing rink, and you just go around and you race different elephants. So I just wanted to call and tell you what I was wearing today. Awesome, awesome, thank you, awesome, thank you, thank you for thank that you amazing much. tip. Yeah. And I'll you work. Guys have a good day. Bye I'll work now. on my jokes. Okay. Thank you, Brenda. Well, thank you. And that was our very first caller on eighty nine The Bridge. Breakfast on the bridge, and I'm gotta say I'm very happy with how it went. It's exactly how I expected it to go. And right now we got our news news feature. Hey, Sophie. Yeah, Good morning, eighty eight nine the bridge. I'm Sophie Prock, and I'm here today with the news for March eighth. I hope your day is going wonderly, wonderfully, and this is your morning newscast. Today is International Women's Day. Hooray! As a woman, I am most definitely very excited to be celebrating this holiday. Celebrations you might see today include rallies that call for the end of gender discrimination, as well as women's rights in general. The day is set to be on March 8th because of the Russian women who celebrated the holiday on February 23rd on the Gregorian calendar. The theme of International Women's Day 2022 is Gender Equality for a Sustainable Tomorrow. Today and all month, appreciate and admire the women around you. Happy International Women's Month. As I'm sure most everyone has noticed, the gas prices are at an all-time high right now. U.S. drivers have never paid this much to fill up their car. A gallon sits at about $4.17 as of now. Gas prices are rising faster than when Hurricane Katrina hit. Watch out. Giant poisonous spiders have made their way into the states. Joro spiders can grow up to about four inches long, which is the size of your palm. Traveling like Spider-Man, Joro spiders balloon throughout the air. Ballooning is spindling silk threads to use as parachutes. These spiders can also attach themselves to cars or shipping containers to travel. Now, though they may be venomous, their fangs are incapable of breaking human skin. So you should be okay. But still, watch out. This weekend, our very own Grace Go got the opportunity to learn more about the war crisis in Ukraine. Grace made a very informational feature for us, so here it is. Vladimir Putin's attacks against Ukraine have shocked millions worldwide. Citizens are horrified but have not stayed silent. There have been protests in Spain, Serbia, Israel, London, Italy, Bulgaria, Japan, New York, and more all demanding an end to Russia's invasion. On Sunday, a rally occurred right next door in the city of Bellevue. The extraordinary Mercer Island resident, volunteer, and CEO, Larry Schneider, organized a rally to stand in solidarity with the people of Ukraine. So yesterday's rally for humanity in Bellevue was about bringing people together because there are a lot of us that are wondering, okay, what can we actually do? Larry is currently partnering up with Vital Solutions to provide food, shelter, and hygiene kits to Ukrainian refugees. You can donate directly to their website, Vital Solutions. That's vitalsol.org. This has been Grace Go reporting for 88.9 The Bridge. That was Grace Go's feature. And also, here is some STEM news produced by Sophia Luzel. Hi, I'm Sophia, and this is STEM news you can use. Ukraine is not only under attack from Russia, but is in an environmental crisis too. The ground has been behaving strangely in the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine, in some places sinking and in other places bulging upwards. Before Russian attacks, Donbass has been a coal mining site with miles of tunners underneath cities in the area. 
Recently, these tunnels have been flooding, carrying toxic chemicals that now threaten the water supply. Ukraine scientists have warned about one of the mines remaining potentially radioactive. There has been fighting in Donbass since Russia annexed Crimea in 2014, and at one point militants damaged a wastewater plant in Donbass, threatening to ruin the local water supply. Not only that, in this region there have been a number of toxic leaks from disused factories. Google has a new technology that can read your body language without cameras. The company is using a radar to track your body language, like being able to turn off a TV if it senses that you're no longer around. Although the concept seems invasive, the technologies don't rely on cameras to watch what you're doing. Google's Advanced Technology Product Division has spent the last year figuring out how to use radar and AI to understand and react to a person's needs. Google has used similar technology in its Nest Hub Smart Display, which is able to recognize and track a person's sleep patterns. A new NASA mission sheds light on a supernova that was previously challenging to examine. It was launched in December and is now able to provide more information on Cassiopeia A, the remnant of a supernova explosion that took place in the 17th century. It's visible in the night sky about 11,000 light years away. Researchers are looking for data on Cassiopeia A's position in the sky, direction of the rays, and more, hoping that it will reveal more about what's happening inside the supernova. I'm Sophia, and this was STEM News You Can Use. That was some STEM News You Can Use, and that was Sophia as well. She just said that, but I'm just going to repeat it anyways. Yeah, we're going to repeat it. Yeah. We're going to repeat it. So It sounds better when we, when we repeat it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the second time is better. Yeah, well, that was um our block of news right there brought to you by 889 The Bridge. and that's our, Yeah, that's our new STEM News. We haven't had this for, this is our, I think, second time. Was third time with STEM news. Yeah, I'm brought to you by uh, Sophia Luzel as well. And um, I have a let's let, do we have a question of the day ready or we do have a question of the day. I how dare you question okay. question my question of the day abilities? Yeah, I always have a question of the day. All right, so finish this quote from the office. I'm not superstitious, but I am a blank. Blank. Okay. And then you can text us at two oh, 206-275-9104. With your, your answer. answer. And you guys will find out a little bit later on. We're going to sprinkle that little thing throughout the hour. But <laughs> uh, anyways, news right now. Yep. There is a lot, a lot of news recently. But we, we're going to hear some more about news later. So why don't we talk about... Like more pop news. So sure. a couple weeks, uh, we were going to talk about this last week. We ran out of time, but it, a couple weeks ago, it was the SAG Awards. Have you ever heard of that? The SAG Awards? No, I have not heard of the SAG Awards. It's, apparently, it's I think it's like the TV t- TV show awards. Yeah. But so it's like a mini Oscars, but the winners was a lot of Squid Games. Did you ever watch Squid Game? Yeah, I did. I liked it. Yeah, what do you think about it? You thought I like the show. I, I enjoyed the show. I I thought it was interesting. I like the show. Yeah, me too. I think that <laughs> I think that they won a lot. They won back back best actress, best actor, best drama show. So yeah, it was yeah. So it was a lot. So, yeah, outstanding performance by male actor in a drama series, outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series. 
So lots and lots for Squid Games. Yep. Uh, we'll be right back right after this feature. In this week's sneak peek into That's Debatable, Miles and I talked about the history of American elections and how they have changed over time. Let's get right into it. So until the 1970s in America, the system that was in place was that each party would uh, have a delegation. They would send delegates to a convention to decide who the candidates would be that would represent them. And the voters got some input, like they sometimes had primaries, but these primaries weren't legally binding. So the party could still choose someone else, even if other people were winning the primaries. And this all changed in 1968 because the party or the the person that the Democrats chose was Lyndon B. Johnson's former vice president, Hubert Humphrey. And so now the issue was that he was pro-war. And that was a problem because the party itself, the people that comprised the party, were becoming more anti-war. This was during like the Vietnam War, of course. And so for the 1972 election, in response to what happened, uh, the Democrats changed it so that whoever the public voted for in the primaries had to represent the party. So they made primaries legally binding. So when that happened, the Republicans also had to do the same because... Anytime one side gives people more power, the other side will have to follow suit. Going back to the 1968 election, Hubert Humphrey actually never won a single primary. The Democratic Party then formed a commission to study ways to improve the whole process and decided to implement that new fresh set of rules in 1972, and then they were fully implemented in 1976. And then the Republican Party copied most of those rules, but not all. Thank you for listening to this week's sneak peek of That's Debatable. You can hear more of us at 7 a.m. on Thursdays. That was the That's Debatable feature. Uh, you guys are listening to 889 The Bridge. And what was our uh, question of the day? Our question of the day was, finish this office quote. I'm not superstitious, but I am a blank. 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 Text us, call us anytime, 206-275-9104. Dang, you right got memorized. Up. Yeah, I know. I've been saying it all these years. It kind of rubbed <laughs> it's off. It's whatever. It's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but right now you guys got a song called 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. That was 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. You guys are listening to KMIH889 The Bridge, Breakfast on the Bridge. Right now we got the world-famous Puget Sound duo. You can hear them on their show, the After Weekend Update, or just the Weekend Update. You guys take it away. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, we're now after Weekend Update. We were previously on air on the Friday, so we thought Almost Weekend Update was a pretty clever name, but now it's Tuesday, so uh, times are changing. But uh, anyway, here we go. All right. Well, good morning, KMH. This is After Weekend Update, back live on Breakfast on the Bridge. I'm Matthew Pingallo. And I'm Quinn Haba. A woman who killed a $30 million lottery winner in 2009, and you guessed it, she's from Florida, Recently said in a phone interview, she supports a bill proposal that would keep lottery winners' names anonymous for 30 days to keep them safe. Said the woman, it said that nobody gets a head start on me. It's also been reported the same woman supports her own <laughs> solitary confinement and death penalty, which is remarkable that a Florida citizen has the ability to feel shame. <laughs> Another Florida woman is facing animal cruelty charges for throwing her boyfriend's three-year-old pug, Bucky, off of a seven-story balcony. <laughs> oh, no. You guys are so horrible for laughing at that. <laughs> the boyfriend adopted Bucky as a puppy to be a playmate for his dog, Sandy, who is undergoing cancer treatment. So he's suing his ex-girlfriend for $30,000 worth of damages. But 
Dude, come on, boyfriend. Is that all that Bucky's life is worth to you? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Last week at President Biden's State of the Union address, he showed support for the LGBT community by bringing up the proposed Equality Act, which would ban discrimination in people's sexual orientation and gender identity, stating he, quote, will always have their back as president so you can be yourself and reach your full God-given potential. Now, unfortunately, what he means by having their back is that he'll be sniffing their hair from behind. <laughs> <laughs> Many companies are complying with the country's sanctions imposed on Russia, including Visa and MasterCard, who are blocking all services to Russian banks. Unfortunately for MasterCard, it's no longer 2007, so their blockage really only affected about three people. <laughs> In other Russian news, Putin has decided to surrender unconditionally after Adidas threatened to halt all shipments of tracksuits to Russia. <laughs> a 29-year-old personal trainer in Wales suffered a caffeine overdose by accidentally consuming 5 grams of caffeine powder, which is equivalent to 200 cups of coffee. Said every female college student, you mean that's not a normal amount? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just what they have every day. A huge protest from semi-truck drivers about COVID restrictions has been making its way across the U.S. to the Capitol and threatens to clog the freeways with traffic to pressure lawmakers to lift all restrictions. Uh, one flaw I can see in that. How are they going to lift all the restrictions if they can't get to work? But that's, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> but I have to admit, it's a little strange to see such a strong COVID protest from a bunch of people whose job it is to sit in a truck by themselves, not talking to anyone all day. I don't think there's really any group of people less impacted by COVID mandates other than, like, maybe dead people. <laughs> Mercer Island alum Avi Schiffman, after the success of his coronavirus tracking website, has created another website aimed at connecting Ukrainian refugees to temporary host families across Europe and U.S., which is a super great cause. In addition, Avi's also been working on a website that will connect you to hot single moms near you. <laughs> oh, sign me up. <laughs> An anonymous bomb threat on a ferry from Bainbridge Island to Seattle was followed by a three-hour police sweep at the Seattle dock, where thankfully nothing suspicious was found. The bomb threat appeared to be a false alarm and was actually just one of the protesting truck drivers who had to urgently use the bathroom after eating Taco Bell. That's all for After Weekend Update. I'm Matthew Pingallo. And I'm Quinn Hobbit. Thank you so much for listening to our show on Bikes on the Bridge. Have an awesome and cool day, everybody. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, I love comedy this early in the morning. But... Yeah, yeah. Th- thank you for listening to that. As you can tell, a little, little jokesters, I think they are. If, <laughs> little if, pranksters. And they, that comedy's not only the thing they do. I mean, also news giving. They're also pretty big sports guys. I mean, uh, music guys. Sorry, I got my mind on sports right now. <laughs> but they're pretty big. Um, but they're pretty big music guys. But we do got a sports feature coming up right now. His name is Scott Pirac. I'm sure you guys have heard him. Please take it away, Scott. I'm Scott Pirak, and you're listening to Scott Sports Corner. The miracles of March have officially began as an unreal buzzer beater led Chattanooga to punching their ticket to the big dance. With March Madness being less than a week away, four other teams have officially punched their ticket to the biggest basketball tournament in the U.S. 27 more teams will receive an automatic bid by winning their conference tournaments. If you would like to follow the conference tournament madness, you can go to NCAA.com, ESPN, CBS Sports, or more to track the tournaments. The entire bracket will be selected Sunday, March 13th. Now for a hockey story. I would like to pass it to Will Pellerin for What's Kraken. Thanks, Scott. My name's Will, and I'm here to deliver all your recent Kraken news. Seattle fell 3-2 to the league-leading Carolina Hurricanes, adding another loss to the tally, which will drop the Kraken down to just one win in the last 10 games. As the season heads towards the playoffs, postseason chances for the Kraken are pretty much out the window at this point. 
Goaltending and consistent offense have continued to be a problem for the Kraken, but on the bright side, at least we'll have prospects from the 2021 draft looking to join the team in the coming year. Also good news, ticket prices for Kraken games have drastically dropped, so if you have yet to see one, I would recommend checking out. They're pretty entertaining. Lastly, the Seattle Thunderbirds, a local WHL team, clinched a playoff spot in the WHL playoffs, which will hopefully lead them to an appearance in the Memorial Cup. That's all for hockey. Now over to baseball. Thanks, Will, for the great story. Hopefully next year can be a stronger year, and it's a great time to take advantage of the ticket prices. In a national story, Atlanta Falcons superstar receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended from the NFL for one year due to gambling. Ridley was accused of betting nearly $1,500. You could say he put it all on the line for the Falcons and other teams around the NFL in the recent season. Due to being a player in the NFL, Ridley has violated major NFL league policies and will also lose another $10 million. The door of a young star receiver's promising future could quickly be coming to a close. In addition, Aaron Rodgers has a contract offer at stake from the Green Bay Packers that would alter the QB market. Locally, it's finally game time. The Mercer Island spring sports teams are set, and action starts this week with the Mercer Island boys varsity lacrosse team playing Friday, March 11th at home against Curtis. Come out and support your Islanders with ball drop taking place at 8 p.m. in the jungle. Finally, McLean Hopkins, what's poppin'? At 95 days and counting, the current work stoppage is the second longest in MLB history, only behind the 1994 strike, and it's probably going to get longer as owners have said that more games will be cancelled if they can't reach a deal by tonight. However, it's not all gloomy. In a show of solidarity, the MLB Players Association have announced that they are starting a million-dollar fund for stadium employees who are hurt by the MLB lockout, including concessions workers, grounds crew, ushers, security, transportation, and media employees like TV and the radio crews. The Players Association deserves a shout-out for looking out for other people hurt by the lockout. Bob Nightingale reported that in Sunday's meeting, the owners proposed a ban on shifts, a pitch clock for the whole league, including in the playoffs, and larger bases beginning in the 2023 season. Lastly, minor league spring training began over the weekend, as minor leaguers aren't affected by the owners' lockout. The only ones affected are those on a team's 40-man roster, like Mariners outfielder Julio Rodriguez. For everyone else, the minor league season has no obstacles to a start in early April. This has been Baseball on Breakfast on the Bridge. Come back next week to get more hockey, baseball, March Madness, and NFL updates. You've been listening to Scott Sports Corner with Willa McLean on 88.9 The Bridge. Back to you, Marco and Molly. Oh, I love that. I love listening to the to the sports every single every single time we he do this. He gets his blood pumping. It kind of does, honestly. It's like I feel like I'm in a news station. Like, toss it to you, McLean. Toss it to you, tossing Scott. Tossing back and forth. And I'm like, this is so cool. I'm just sitting here like my mind is being blown and everything. But you guys are still listening to KMIH 89 The Bridge. And you guys got a feature brought to you by Gabe Gottesman and Walter Kelly. When the news finally came in that the mask mandate would finally be lifted in Washington State after two long years... We were all hit with better news that it would be coming a few weeks earlier than anticipated. Starting March 12th, all students and staff at Mercer Island High School will no longer need to wear their masks. And Principal Kelly reiterated that when I talked to him on Principal Kelly's Corner. For the most part, if you want to take off your mask and you're vaccinated, you can do that and uh, enjoy seeing each other smile. Along with the current sign of the times, the first in-person assembly will be held this Friday afternoon. I asked Principal Kelly what steps will be taken to make sure everyone stays safe but is also able to connect for the first time. You are correct that we're splitting it in two, upperclassmen first, underclassmen second. Uh, that is to so that we aren't 
you know, causing a huge condensed occupation of the gym at one time. We still have our mask on. Um, maybe it's the last time we do it, but it will be the first time that we're all, at least almost all of us, are together in one place for quite a while. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we are going to be presenting, or I'm going to be presenting some awards on behalf of our administration and, and from, from the principal's office for students who just made a difference, uh, who helped us create a great culture, keep it a great place. And so students, if you have somebody, a friend, a colleague, somebody you know that has just made this a better place or the better place for you, send me an email, uh, walter.kelly at uh, mercerislandschools.org, and let me know. Uh, we're taking nominations, and we'll be recognizing a handful of students this coming Friday. You can listen to full episodes of Principal Kelly's Corner on Mondays at 3 o'clock on 88.9 The Bridge, on the 88.9 The Bridge Spotify page, or on 88.9thebridge.org. Thank you. Thank you. You guys check those playing out. And I think it's just about time for us to reveal to you what our question of the day answer is. Yes. Take it away. Ask us. Say it again. So, oh. you remember? So, finish this quote from the office. I'm not superstitious, but I am. Oh, we got one answer that said, I'm just a little stitious. And I have, I have a feeling it is that one as well. It basically is that. It's, but I am a little stitious. Oh. So basically, well, they're close. They're close. I'll give it. I'll give we'll it. We'll give it to you. Yeah, Congratulations. We'll to you. Congratulations to you for participating to the KMIH Breakfast on the Bridge question of the day. But right now, we got an interview guest, Avi Schiffman. You guys have probably heard of him. And um, yeah, so Mercer Island High School alum Avi Schiffman stopped by the studio today to talk a little bit about the newest amazing website he created with a Harvard classmate named Marco Burstein. Their new website called UkraineTakeshelter.com is a platform connecting Ukraine refugees with potential hosts and housing. Thank you, Avi, for being with us here today, and we are very excited to hear more about your website. How are you doing, Avi? I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> How are you this early morning? <laughs> oh, I'm great, Molly. So happy you woke me up for this. I, I'm, gl- I'm glad. I was surprised that you actually made it here. Mm-hmm, me too. <laughs> I didn't make it this early when I was actually in school. <laughs> I, I saw like you on like different news shows that's like on your instagram page you have to wake up at like five in the morning for that stuff how do oh, you even like manage for some of them oh um, my God. that's just because they're in like europe and new york and they're just hours ahead sometimes they have like an early morning show in new york at like 6 a.m have you like been ha- have you been calling in no no he's been going to <laughs> you've been no, going no 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 well, sometimes sometimes when i'm like around the area but right now i'm not in new york am i molly yeah because you've been traveling a lot yes are you are you good to be good to be glad to be back home? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, honestly, after visiting all these places, I'm sure you're gonna be like, "Dang it, Washington again!" But let's jump right into the questions. So, how was creating the new website different from other websites? From my past website? Yes. Um, I think I now just really have the experience of like, how do I make it from the start to be scalable and work with like hundreds of millions of users potentially. Um, And I just have a lot of experience now working under the pressure of just like literal governments using my tools and all these kinds of things. Um, I also now have a very wide network of reporters at pretty much every single news outlet around the entire world. And I've just been messaging them and being like, hey, look, I made a new website. And they're very eager to cover it because like, for example, I did a I did an article with the Times of Israel, which is pretty big. And the last article I did with them was their most popular article of all time, which was pretty crazy because they have over 8 million readers. So when I messaged them and I'm like, hey, look, I made something new. 
they like respond instantly and they just like cover it as soon as possible. So that is insanely valuable to just get something out there. I'm not really like screaming into the void when I make something new. That's great. And how is this? Uh, what is this website? Can you give us a, a rundown? Sure. So Ukraine Take Shelter is basically a public bulletin that's supposed to aid in the discoverability of just finding um, potential hosts in neighboring countries around like Poland, Germany, Moldova, Hungary, etc. for refugees that are coming into these countries, primarily from Ukraine. Um, it's very easy for them to just go straight to the website as a refugee and just immediately see a search bar where they can enter in their local city and also add filters if they need things like transportation, mm-hmm. um, legal assistance, disability support, uh, what languages they need them to speak, all these different kinds of things, how many people they have, if they have pets or not, and then immediately see listings that are closest to them. Um, and that also you can click on them and it's translated into their local language. And there's all this information right there at a glance. It's super easy to sort and filter through all this stuff. And then as a host, you can very easily sign up um, and just post a listing. And it's also then translated natively into like German, Polish, Ukrainian, all these kinds of things. It's really cool. And how many listings do you have so far? Well, there's been a couple thousand so far, and it's wow. only been like a day, a few days, like three days, four days. Um, it's like doubling every 12 hours. It's really cool. Yeah, and uh, what do you hope that the public takes away from this website? Um, Maybe the public I, – I, I'm kind of surprised that it's always really like me doing these kinds of websites. Like I've made something now for the coronavirus, um, the Black Lives Matter protest, the U.S. presidential election, and now the Ukraine war, and – I haven't seen any other websites that come out that are like even remotely as close to as good as what I've been doing. So um, it's just it's just like I'm wondering, like, what what's the hold up, guys? It's not that hard to design like a decent user interface and do all these kinds of things. Like I'm working with user uh, experience research groups to make sure that the website is as like intuitive um, as possible. All these kinds of things. Uh, I've worked with like user interface designers, all these kinds of things, like all, all this stuff to make the website so good. And then meanwhile, I see like people making other websites and they're just so poor i don't really know mm, humble, uh, humble as always <laughs> what a pleasure so how did you research and come up with the idea of this website so i was in san diego a few days ago i only got here like yesterday um and a friend dragged dragged me and took me to like this protest that was happening in this big park called Balboa park it's like public um and there were a few hundred people there like all gathered around like holding up signs say like stop putin you know the, to end the war and there was a few ukrainian people speaking and that was great for like the few hundred people in san diego but I was standing there and being like, you know, I have all these skills to make these websites and apps and all this kind of stuff. Why don't I actually make something um, way more practical that could be used all around the world instead of just this random public park in San Diego? So I got home and I'm kind of busy these days. Like I'm working on startup stuff and doing all these kinds of things. I not really have the time to work on a website like this. But um, I kind of just tweeted out like, hey, someone should make a website that matches Ukrainian refugees to potential hosts in neighboring countries. It was all in my pajamas, all cozied up in my bed. <laughs> um, and then that tweet started getting a lot of traction and people were like, wow, what an amazing idea this is. So, so I was you're like, just like, I'll do it. Yeah, I guess it was like, well, I guess no one else is going to do it properly. So I guess I'll do it. So I, I got out of bed immediately and like went to my computer and didn't like move for like three days, literally. <laughs> I, slept, I slept in like 30 minute breaks just to have like enough energy to keep going. But I grinded out the website so fast with my friend Marco from college as well. Um, And we got it out like within 72 hours. 90% of the site was done within 24. We just had a lot of polishing and things like that we needed to do. It's very impressive. Thank you, Molly. Are there a lot of differences between the codings for each website? Um, This website is sufficiently 
like significantly better program than my last ones. The last one I made was like very cobbled together, but Marco like actually cares about computer science. Um, <laughs> and you and you don't. I mean, I'm not very. I, I'm I'm better at coming up with the idea and making like leading a team to make that idea reality rather than like actually sitting down and programming it. But um, whatever. I may or may not have failed three computer science courses, but it's okay. Who's counting? <laughs> Who's counting? <laughs> well, I mean, probably all the people in the world that are like looking at all these successful websites and stuff yeah it's all good though this website has been coded like from the ground up to be as safe and secure as possible we've implemented like the best possible things to prevent against things like ddos attacks and all these kinds of database hacks and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. i've i've had the website vetted by cybersecurity experts and all these kinds of things to make mm-hmm. sure the website's like as perfect as possible yeah so and uh for yeah. people interested in like stepping into this sort of website information like sort of design what what sort of advice would you give out to them i would just say you can learn anything online me and my friend marco we both got into harvard for doing computer stuff that we learned entirely by watching youtube videos and just searching <laughs> questions on google like literally okay you can go on youtube and type in like how do i make a website and there are like hundreds and hundreds of videos every every single minute there's like 300 hours of content uploaded to youtube and a significant mm-hmm. amount of that is educational if you know how to ask the right questions online you can find the right answers people have been making websites for over 20 years any question you can possibly think of someone has asked before um and you can really cobble together anything that's to make the COVID site literally all i did was just hang around in web developer chat rooms and just ask them questions or just literally google things and, and that that's it like it's not like i took some fancy college course or anything <laughs> like that and pay but any money to not learn like how to you do were this. at Harvard or anything. No, no, not like I was there. <laughs> so <laughs> during yet. during like quarantine, you just said that you just made all of this like literally by your own research and everything. I, I'm I'm very inspired by that. That's very nice. Nice job. Nice job. That's 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 really inspiring for a so lot. What happens of people, when you don't go you? to school? <laughs> you just heard it. Of, a lot of free don't time. Don't go to school. No, no, go to school. Same school, kids. But <laughs> but you don't have to take like fourteen thousand AP classes. Literally, make a website like this. If you're taking like biology and physics in high school, I'm pretty confident. Like, think about how much, how many hours you spend learning these classes to get all these grades on these AP tests. If you spend even a fraction of that time, like learning how to make something like this website, which is hyper simple to make, really, it's not that complicated. This isn't like Facebook or something. Um, then you could literally have a one-way ticket to Stanford or Harvard or wherever you want to go. Think okay. about it. Marco and I are ready to create a website. No, you can't talk to Marco, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to create a website. I mean, I myself am interested in computer science and just listening to all like this sort of stuff is just makes me a lot hopeful for the future, right. I guess. Making like real complicated computer software, sure, that's hard. Making websites truly isn't that complicated these days. Anyone can do it. It's not that hard. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure when you were first developing the COVID-19 website, you had to have had, like, some sort of uh, stumbles in the road or something. Like, how would you overcome, like, I guess, a burnt-out feeling or something like I that? I mean, any any problems I had working on the site, I literally just would ask other people, like, for help with that. It's really, there's so many people out there that know what they're doing with making websites and all these kinds of things. And you can just ask them, like, hey, how do I do this or how do I make this better? And they'll gladly help you. You can ask me something like that. Like, it's not not that complicated all right i mean i guess it isn't um you heard him it's easy (laughs) and if you have anything to say to the to the world out there listening on what what would you say i would just say that there's always something happening around the world there's always some kind of earthquake pandemic or war or something like that and it's never been easier to learn the skills it takes to apply those skills to make something that spreads all around the world these days you can like i'm working with my friend marco he's he's at harvard right now which is across the entire country i'm here on the west coast we're making tools for people you know 
thousands of tens of thousands of miles away. I don't know how big the Earth is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, I'm glad these these days with the power of, of just the internet and the fact that everyone has a smartphone, all these kinds of things, you can really make something that spreads so fast um, across so far. It's it's incredible. All right. And um, do you want to plug any websites, any social media outlets that you have for people um, to know where to find you? I guess you can follow me on Instagram and see my amazing photos and Molly's comments that are absolutely hilarious. My comments are always <laughs> – yes. I have to think about them. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, yeah, what do no. I comment that will get the most attraction mm-hmm. on Avi Schiffman's post? Yeah, no, Molly, Molly, you actually do always have a lot of likes on the comments. <laughs> more more, than, more yeah. likes than your, your posts. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's just Avi Schiffman if you want to go look at my funny photos. And um, do you have any sort of new website coming out that you're keeping under the wraps, or are you just... I'm working on, like, a Web3 startup stuff called Gateway. Well, I'm not sure if anyone listening is, like, interested in Web3 stuff, but it's, like, blockchain kind of things. Um, I'm, like, deep into that rabbit hole. I'm going to Barcelona later this month, staying at these hacker houses. <laughs> I was just in Denver and New York. Um, then we're going to Amsterdam for a month, too. But I'm, like, deep into Web3, and I'm working with a lot of venture capitalists and all these kinds of things to raise a few million later this month, but... See, this is why I'm distracted. I'm like doing other things. Like, I did not really have time to spend like three days and make a website like this. Yeah, thirty minute nap. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm literally like, like making this website and then all of a sudden have a call of this like potential CTO I was trying to hire. All these kinds of things, just like right in the middle. So, awesome. Well, Avi, thank you very much for joining us today on our show, Breakfast on the Bridge. Mm -hmm. And make make sure to check out his website, (laughs) UkraineTakeShelter.com. Thank you, Molly. And follow him on all the social media outlets that he just said. And please, uh, have a great day, Avi, and thank you for coming in today. Faux shizzle. All right. (laughs) All right, well, that was Avi Schiffman. Um, You guys got a song by Fleetwood Mac coming up called Dreams. That was Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. You guys are listening to 889 The Bridge, and I'm afraid that that wraps up our fifth rendition of the show, Breakfast on the Bridge. Yes, we had an amazing episode, great features, great interview. Great guests. I don't think anything's going to top this one, but... We will try. We will. It'll it'll only get better from here. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day. We hope you enjoyed your helping of Breakfast on the Bridge, brought to you by our KMIH staff and dedicated to the stories, lives, and people of the Mercer Island community. We hope your dinner was as good as your Breakfast on the Bridge, and thank you for listening.